KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. This is Ezra Beck, broadcasting from Gush Etzion, Yeshivat HaRetzion. Today's shir will be by Rav Binyamin Tavori, the weekly mitzvah. Talk about mitzvah Kriyat Torah. The shir is 34 minutes. And after the shir, I will be back for a short halacha yomit. In Parashat B'Shalach, the Torah says, B'nai Yisrael traveled in the desert for three days without water. The Gemara in Bavakame uses this Pasuk to explain the Takana, or to quote a source of the Takana of Kriyasa Torah. The Gemara says in Bavakame that Ezra made ten Takanos. One of the Takanos was relating to Kriyasa Torah. Ezra Ezra, the, the Gemara listed off as two different takanas. He made a takana to, le- to lane the Torah Shabbos by Mincha. He also, le- he also had a takana to lane on Mondays and Thursdays. Asks the Gemara, V'shayu koim b'sheni b'chamishi Ezra tikein? V'amikara v'mitkina. Ezra was the one who made the Takana on Mondays and Thursdays. That's an old Takana. We're in the Midbar for three days without water. An interesting phrase, Darshe Rishumos. Those people who explain the details in Halacha, Rishumos, impressions. Amru ein mayim Torah. They said the word Mayim refers to Torah. And they quote a Pasuk, I cut some Mayim, people are thirsty. For water, it means they're thirsty for Torah. So says the Gemara, They went three days without Torah, and they became weak. Says the Gemara, The Nevi'im at that time, The Nevi'im of that time made a Takana that you should learn the Torah every Shabbos. They, they made a takana at that time. The Darshe Rishuma say that Nevi'im of that generation made a takana that on Monday and Thursday you read the Torah. You don't read Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, but you go Monday and Thursday in order not to have three days without the Torah. The Gemara answers that really the takana is a takana from the days of the Torah. The idea of laning was instituted at the time of, of the Torah. However, the idea of having Kriyasa Torah the way we have it, with three people getting an aliyah and reading at least ten psukim, the Gemara says that's a takon of Ezra. So, the bottom line of the Gemara and Bavakame is who made the Takana of Mondays and Thursdays. That Takana was made by the Nevi'im of that generation. The Takana of Kriyasatar was made by Mincha. Of Mincha on Shabbos, that Takana was made by Ezra. Why did Ezra make that Takana? The Gemara says, Mishum Yoshve Kranos. What does Yoshve Kranos mean? Rashi says, Yoshve Kranos are people who were involved in business. People who traveled during the week, who had to get up and do important business, traveling, and therefore they had no occasion 
to go to shul during the week. They didn't hear Kriyas Torah, So they made an extra takana for them that Kriya Yaseira, an extra lining. There are people who did not go the Mondays and Thursdays to shul, and therefore on Shabbos, assuming they went to shul, so at least they heard Kriyas Torah twice a week. The Me'iri learns a different concept of Dorshe Vishumos, of uh, Yoshe Kronos, and the Me'iri says that the people went to Shul Mondays and Thursdays. But Yoshe Kronos is referring to people who on Shabbos, after they have a Shabbos nap, they eat chon, they ate some, they ate special food for Shabbos, they're tired, they rest, so they didn't get up to go to shul. They felt to be a but you can live without it. But they, if you institute Kriyasa Torah, it's an incentive to bring more people to shul. So according to the Mi'iri, Kriyasa Torah is an extra Kriyasa Torah. People went Monday, Thursday, Shabbos in the morning, but yet we wanted to make sure they go to shul Shabbos in the afternoon, so we made a takana to have Kriyasa Torah in the afternoon. Whereas according to Rashi, the people really should have heard Kriyasa Torah three times a week. But since they did not hear Torah three times a week, so they put in an extra Kriyasa Torah Mincha. This does not seem to conform to the Takana. The Takana is based on the concept of going three days without learning Torah. Here, they did go three days without learning Torah. They had not gone to Shul during the whole week. They only go to Shul on Shabbos, but yet on Shabbos they go to hear Shul, they go to Shul twice. So at least they hear Kriyasa Torah twice. It seems to be a different type of Takana than what Moshe than what the original Takana was. When the Ramam quotes the Gemara, the Ram mentions the Allahs of Kriyasa Torah, incidentally the Allahs of Kriyasa Torah, Allahs of Kriyasa Torah are found in Hilchas Tfila. We'll get back to that later. The Ram says Perakudbeis Mihilchas Tfila Allah Aleph Moshe Rabbeinu tikein lahem Yisrael sheyukoyim b'Torah b'Rabim b'Sheni b'Shabbos b'Sheni b'Chamishi b'Shachris k'deish shelo Yishu shloshes yamin b'lo shmias hatayra ve'ezra tikein sheyukoyim be'im b'Mincha b'Chol Shabbos mishum yashvei yukoyim kein b'Mincha b'Chol Shabbos mishum yashvei kanas. So he quotes the Gemara in Bavakama that the there was an earlier takana and there was a later takana. Interestingly, he says the takana as the takana of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara just said, Nevi'im Sheba Osodor, Zekeinim Sheba Osodor. But the Rambam attributed this Takana to Moshe Rabbeinu himself. The Kesef Mishnah points out on the spot that even the Rambam had the text of the Gemara, Amdu Nevi'im Shebinayim. Although the Rambam did have a text in Bavakama which said the Nevi'im of that generation made this Takana, Tik Kasa Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu Olav HaShalom, Shehu Ayu HaNavi HaGadol, V'chol Nevi'im Shebedor, Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Navi. Everything that went on there was under the auspices of the Bezdin of Moshe Rabbeinu. They would not, not have done anything without his approval. Therefore, the Ramam attributed the Takara to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara says in Megillah, and Yerushalmi and Megill also that Moshe made a takana of Kriyasa Torah on Shabbos and Yantif, Rosh Chodesh, Cholamoy. But in our Gemara, it doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu made this takana. As I said, the Ramam attributed to Moshe Rabbeinu. Interestingly, today, if you would ask 
the average person in the street, it seems to me that the people call it a takon of Ezra. People generally think that Ezra made up the concept of Kriyasa Torah. Whereas, according to the Gemara and according to the Rambam, this is a very early takon. It's from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. So some Rishonim say that really Moshe Rabbeinu made this takana, but since it was amplified and developed in a higher degree by Ezra, therefore even Rishonim who quote the source of this takana mention that Ezra Tikeng, although they themselves know that Moshe or the Bezdin at that time of, of the Torah the Bezdin made this takana, yet they still somehow attribute it to Ezra because he added to the takana. Or some suggest perhaps the takana at one time was somehow forgotten and Ezra reinstituted the takana. The Yushalmi, however, seems to say clearly that Ezra is the one who made the takana. The Yushalmi in Masechus Megillah explains the custom of reading the Megillah before Purim. We know the first mission in Megillah says that the people who lived in villages and did not know how to read the Megillah themselves could had a problem to read the Megillah on the day of Purim. They lived in their village and they didn't have anybody who could read for them. So the mission explains that they could read the Megillah earlier. And the mission goes on to say the days in which they could read the Megillah. And the whole idea there is based on the concept that the people used to go to town on Mondays and Thursdays. So depending upon which day was the 14th, you could read the Megillah either the Monday or the Thursday before that. The Gemara mentions that this is because of they used to come to the village, and in truth, they came to village for two, to the town. They came to the town for really two reasons. One is that was considered the market day, but it was also the day of Kriyasa Torah. It was the day that people really wanted to go to the city to hear Kriyasa Torah on Mondays and Thursdays. So we asked Yerushalmi, in the end of the first halacha, in the first parak of Megillah, the Yerushalmi says, how could it be that they made a takana to read the Megillah based on the takana of Ezra when this story happened before Ezra? You're trying to tell me that they made a takana to read to go to read the Megillah on Monday and Thursday because they were hearing the Torah anyway. But they did not hear the Torah at that time. This was before the Takana of Ezra. The Rishonli then says that really the Takana was based on market days. They went to the market days on Monday and Thursday. The Chachamim who arranged the Mishnah and wrote the Halachas went on to say that it's also because of Kriyasa Torah, but that's not the historical truth. So we see from here that the Yerushalmi really does think that Ezra made the Takana, and apparently there's a machlokas between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. According to the Bavli, the Takana was made by Nevi'im of that generation. The Rambam identified those Nevi'im with Moshe Rabbeinu. The Yerushalmi then said Ezra made the Takana, but everybody agrees that Ezra made the later Takana of arranging aliyos, of arranging the amount of kruim, how many aliyos there were, how many psukim you read, that was certainly done by Ezra, and therefore some Rishonim say that although Moshe made the takana, as we found in the Bavli or the Nevi'im of his generation, still we still attribute it to Ezra because he was the one who formulated the Kriyasa Torah on Mondays and Thursdays as we have it today.
Be that as it may, whoever originated the Takana, the purpose of the Takana was to make sure that we do not go three days without hearing Torah. The Prima Gaudim asked the question, of course we never go three days without learning Torah. Besides the fact that there's a chiyuv of Talmud Torah all the time, the Gemara says that Kriyas Shema is actually Talmud Torah. Reading a parsha of Chumash is a kiyum mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And therefore, every Jew who reads Kriyashma in the morning and the evening fulfills at least the basic level of the takana of reading Kriyas, of, Kriyas, of, of learning Torah. So why would there be a necessity of making a takana that we should read the Torah every three days? We do read the Torah. We say Torah every single day. The answer, of course, would be that the takana is not just a din of Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah, indeed, we full, fulfill our requirements, but the minimum requirements by saying Kriya Shema in the morning and the evening. Hopefully, we're Mekayim Talmud Torah more to the extent of Yamam Valayla, extent of Vagisa Yamam Valayla of learning Torah day and night. However, there's another concept, not just learning Torah, but the concept of Talmud Torah Rabbim, to learn Torah as a community, with a group, with a minion. And the kim of Talmud Torah apparently is not just a, a, a kiyum that learning Torah with more people. There's a special kiyum called Talmud Torah That would not be done on a daily basis. People daven privately, people say Kriyashma to themselves, fine. But the idea of having a community joined together for Kriyasa Torah did not exist. And therefore the Takana is Kriyasa Torah Berabim, Talmud Torah According to this, the basic understanding of Kriyasa Torah would be that people are involved in learning Torah. There's a Chiyuv of Talmud Torah. And the Chiyuv of Talmud Torah should apply to all, should apply to all people who are Chayv in Talmud Torah. This would raise the question whether women are involved in this mitzvah of Kriyasa Torah. At first glance, I would have not even raised the issue. It seems to me very obvious that women should not be chayv in Kriyasa Torah. First of all, it's mangrama. It's based upon the concept of time. We were given a certain time to fulfill this mitzvah. And in general, women are part of from mitzvah sasei mangrama. Women are part of from such mitzvahs. Secondly, if the takana is based in Tamu Torah de Rabbim, the idea of Kriyasa Torah being People who learn Torah should learn Torah Barabim. Women who are exempt from Talmud Torah somehow should be obviously accepted, ex- exempted from this Takana of Kriyasa Torah. However, we find a few surprising things. We all know that there's a famous halacha, Hakol Olim Leminyan Shiva. Everybody can be part of the, of the group of seven Olim La Torah even women. The Gemara says that women should not do it, Mishim Kavarat Zibur, a separate topic by itself. But Mi'ikaradin, basically women could get an aliyah of Kriyasa Torah because HaKol Olim, everybody. The Mesecha Sofrim says even more clearly than that. In Mesecha Sofrim it says the word Chayav. In Mesecha Sofrim it actually uses the words that women are chayef 
in Kriyas HaTorah. The, Yerusha, the Masech HaSofim says, Nashim chayavot l'shmua kiyat sefer ka'anashim. And therefore he says, Min hadinu l'targen la'am l'nashim v'tinokot koseideh v'navish al Shabbat l'achar kiyat HaTorah. Not only are women chayav in Kriyas HaTorah according to this Masech HaSofim, but really we should translate the Torah for them we should explain the Torah to them, the whole parsha, and the Haftorah, which is after Kriyasa Torah. And somehow, he thinks not only are women obligated in Kriyasa Torah, but there are even Chayv and Haftorah that comes afterwards. The Magen Avram quotes this Masech HaSofrim in Simon Reish Pebeis. And he said that although it's obvious that women are exempt from Tamil Torah. Nevertheless, it seems from this Masech HaSofim that women are obligated in Kriyas HaTorah. And he suggests that the Takana of Kriyas HaTorah is based on, upon the biblical example, the, I, the idea of Midaraisa of Parshas HaKel. Parshas HaKel read every seven years. And at Parshas HaKel, there's a mitzvah Hakel sa'ama nashim nashim bataf. To hakel, everyone came, men, women, and children. And therefore, he said, the idea of Tamutar B'tzibur, Midaraisa applies only once every seven years to hakel. But somehow, the Takana of Kriyasa Torah based, is based upon hakel, and therefore, whoever would be chayiv in the mitzvah, say Daraisa of hakel, would be chayiv in the Takana of Kriyasa Torah. Most achronim, rejected this opinion and said it's inconceivable that women should be chayv in Kriyasa Torah. The reasons that I stated above, A, that it's a mitzvah slash shazman grama, and secondly, it's based on Tamil Torah and women are pater, are simple reasons to exclude women from this obligation. The idea that every Kriyasa Torah, or at least which Kriyasa Torah we'll talk about later, but at least that some Kriyas HaTorah is based on Hakel seems to be a far-fetched idea. But we are faced with the issue that the Masech HaSofrim did say Chayavim. It does say HaKol Olam Leminyan Shiva. We should point out that the case of HaKol Olam Leminyan Shiva is quoted by Rishonim as a proof that women are indeed not Chayav in Kriyas HaTorah. Rishonim only asked the question, how can women indeed get an Aliyah when they're part of from Tamil Torah, they're part of from Kriyasa Torah. So how could they make the bracha? So some Mishanim explained that the Gemara is referring to a case where women did not get the first Aliyah Aliyah. In the time of the Gemara, women, in the time of the Gemara, the bracha, Birchas was only made, the first bracha by the first Ole, and the last bracha by the last Ole. And nobody in the middle made a bracha. If that would be true, then there's no riot that women could even make, really get an Aliyah, as we call it today, because... Today we do make brachas then. They didn't make brachas. From the very fact, whatever answers the Rishonim gave, none of them said that, well, women are obligated in, in reading the Torah. Since Rishonim asked the question, how could it be that women are ola, leminyan shiva, when they're pater, that itself is a proof that women are not chayiv in kriyas ha-Torah. But the question, of course, what about the Masech HaSelfrim? The Masech HaSelfrim 
did say Nashim Chayavot Hashma Kriyat Sefer Kanashim. I'm not going to discuss exactly what is Mesechah Sefer, how authoritative it is, but I'd like to point out that Achronim took this Mesechah Sefer and said that we must assume that they did not mean the words literally. The Aruch HaShulchan in Reish Pei Bey says, the Lav Chiyuv Gomer Kamer. Even the Mesecha Sofrim who says that it's a Chiyuv, he says, it's not a real Chiyuv. Ela Dumyadatinokos. It's like children. Sharei Petura Mitamotora Ve'eld Ein Lechazmai Gomer Yosemizeh. Because women are exempt from Tamotor, Mitzvah says Shazman Grama, and therefore it's impossible that women should be Chayef to hear Kriyasa Torah. And he says, and you cannot compare this to the Mitzvah of Hakel, which occurs once every seven years, and is a special Ma'amad for Musr, for Hashkafa. And therefore he says, uh, it's not true. Even the Sechus Sofim doesn't think women are Chayef. Interestingly enough, the Magan Avram himself at the end of the comment where he discusses the possibility that women really are chayev in Kriyasa Megillah, he mentions Nagu Anashim Kan Nagu Anashim Latzet. In our in our community, not only do women not feel they're obligated to hear Kriyasa Torah, but they actually left shul. They came apparently to Davin. When it comes time for Kriyasa Torah, they left. Now, I don't understand really why they would have to leave. It seems to me that if you're there. There would be a kiyum of Tamatora if you heard Kriyasa Torah, even if you're not obligated. And it might be construed as a type of bizayon, a type of a disgrace to the Torah. They get up to read the Torah, so I walk out. But nevertheless, that is the prevailing custom that the Magen Avram cites. And the Aruch HaShulchan says, Ma'asim b'chayam yochichu. Today, just look what happens in the street. Apirov, generally, women do not come to hear the to hear Kriyasa Torah. Mesech HaSafrim says, but in Muslim, it would be a very good idea to do it. But for sure, women are not obligated. Of course, this discussion that we spoke, whether women are obligated, the, I, and I believe that the general opinion is that women are not obligated, is referring to Kriyasa Torah, but it doesn't say specifically which Kriyasa Torah it is. Maybe it's only referring to Kriyasa Torah and Shabbos. I would doubt very much that Mesech HaSafrim or the Magen Avram really thought that women are chayv in Kriyasa Torah, Mondays, Thursdays, and all other occasions. Perhaps he's referring to Shabbos, and he thought Shabbos is some sort of a concept like Hakel. However, the Chida, who discusses this issue, he also rejects the Magen Avram, and also quotes sources before the Aruch HaShulchan, who interpret the word chayv not in its literal meaning, but rather as a good obligation. The Chida says, I will bring you one slight raya to the Magen Avram. We know that when we read the Torah, on Mondays and Thursdays we have three aliyahs. On Rosh Chodesh we have four aliyahs. On Cholamoid we have five aliyahs. On Yantif we have six aliyahs. On Shabbos we have seven aliyahs. And the reason is given that when people are busy, we made a takana of reading three aliyahs. But when there is less malacha done every time that there is some concept that we do, not the full amount of malacha, but we, some malacha is not done, we can add aliyah because there's no bitl malacha. It doesn't create such a problem of people rushing to go do their errands, their work. So, I understand. The most, the highest of the year, when we don't do any malacha whatsoever, is Shabbos. 
So therefore we have seven aliyahs. And Yantif, where you do Malacha, but you don't do only Malachas Ochel Nefesh, so we have six aliyahs. On Chalam, on Yant, on, on, I'm sorry, Yom Kippur, we have six aliyahs. On, Yom, on, Yon, on Yantif, where we have Heter Ochel Nefesh, as I mentioned before, we have five aliyahs. Chalamoy, we have four aliyahs because there is, there is Malacha. On Rosh Chodesh, it says that Noagu Hanashim Lolasos Malacha. Women have a custom of not doing malacha on Rosh Chodesh. So the Chidah said this custom seems to be the reason for having four aliyahs. That it would seem that women do hear Kriyasa Torah normally, but even on Rosh Chodesh, they would hear Kriyasa Torah. And since anyway, they don't go to work so much on Rosh Chodesh because there's a minig nashim. There's a custom that women have not to do malacha. Therefore, we could read four, four aliyahs. That does seems to be some sort of an idea that Kriyasa Torah was listened to by women. Women did go. And even in Rosh Chodesh, of course, it doesn't mean they really had to. It just means that they did, in fact, go to hear Kriyasa Torah, even in Rosh Chodesh. And therefore, the, we could add an aliyah because their custom was not to do Malach on Rosh Chodesh. Be that as it may, the general thrust of all poskim is against the Magen Avram, and it seems to be a Dever Pashat, that women are not chayev in Kriyasa Torah. I'd like to discuss the takana of every three days. Theoretically, we could have read the Torah on Shabbos, Tuesday, Friday, Shabbos. We could make any combination of days as long as there are three days that do not pass without Kriyasa Torah. What would happen if we skipped a day? For some reason, you did not have a minion on Monday. You did not hear Kriyasa Torah. Could you make Kriyasa Torah on Tuesday? Actually, Monday would be the only question that we could raise because if you miss Kriyasa Torah on Thursday, then you've already gone three days without Kriyasa Torah. You've gone uh, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But Tuesday would be a good example of this question. If Sunday and Monday we did not hear Kriyasa Torah, could we go hear Kriyasa Torah on Tuesday? This question was raised by a sefer called Ateres the Canaan. And he says, it's very obvious that if you do not read the Torah on Sunday or Monday, then you could read the Torah on Tuesday. The Takana is not to go three days. Generally, they made the Takana for Monday and Thursday, but if you did not read the Torah on Monday, then you could read the Torah on Tuesday instead. However, many Achronim discussed this opinion of the Ateres Kenim, and they argued. One of their arguments is based on Tosas and Bavakama. Tosas and Bavakama and Dafpei Beis explains why did they really choose Monday and Thursday? They could have gone any three days without any three days without Torah. They could have arranged, as I said before, they could have done a Tuesday and Friday. But he says that Monday and Thursday are days of Ratzon, Ace Ratzon. There's a special significance to Monday and Thursday that they are very propitious days with relating to our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore he mentions there's a custom of some people to fast Mondays and Thursdays. Since the Takana was made on Monday and Thursday, you can't read the Torah on Tuesday. Lechora, this argument is difficult because there are two things here. One is there's a Takana of not going three days without hearing Torah. That Takana could be really fulfilled on Tuesday. Now, when they had a choice of which days to choose, they chose Monday and Thursday. And I understand that Tosas feels there was a good reason for choosing Monday and Thursday. But the Chorah, 
if that reason is not fulfilled, they still could read the Torah on Tuesday, and they won't fulfill the specific day, but they'll sp- still fulfill the Takana of Yoshua. Nevertheless, most poskim disagreed and said that you cannot read the Torah on Tuesday if you skip Monday. However, mention should be made of the opinion of a sefer called Ginas Vradim, not the Primigodim sefer, a different Ginas Vradim who generally said that any day that ten people get together to read the Torah is fine. And they can get together and read the Torah with brachas, takana mishum kavadat zibur, and he feels there's a kiyum ha-mitzvah, kiyum of Talmud Torah whenever you read the Torah. If that would be true, then if you read the Torah Tuesday, you've lost nothing. Even if we would assume that we do not accept the opinion that the takana can be done on Tuesday, but at least you were a kiyum of Talmud Torah, and therefore, why not do it? Maybe the halacha is that if you skip Monday, you could do it Tuesday. So according to this Ginas Vradim, it seems that you should read the Torah on Tuesday. Nevertheless, Opalskim quoted this argument, this discussion between Achronim, and the prevailing opinion of all Achronim is that Kriyasa Torah cannot be done on days other than Monday and Thursday, according to the original Takana. If that's true, what would be if a community wanted to hear Kriyasa Torah in the afternoon, on Mondays and Thursdays? According to the Sefer that said you could read on Tuesday, for sure you could read on Monday. But according, Monday afternoon. But according to the Sefer, the opinion that we accept, that we pass him, that you cannot read the Torah Tuesday, so therefore we have to read the Torah on Monday. Could we read the Torah on Monday, in the afternoon? In the notes that Rav Shechter wrote in the name of the Rav, Bonilchus Kriyas HaTorah, Rav Shechter wrote, he says, it seems from the Rambam that the Kriya of Shachris, not just to read the Torah, but to read the Torah on Shachris, is part of the original Takana. I don't know where in the Rambam he uses, what part of the Rambam he uses as a source that Kriya Torah is a din in Shachris. It is true that the Rambam, Hilchas Kriya Torah is found within the context of Hilchas Tefillah. The Rambam does not have a special section called Hilchas Kriyas HaTorah. He has a section called Hilchas Tefillah, and Kriyas HaTorah is part of Tefillah. It's also true that we say Kaddish Tiskabel after Kriyas HaTorah, after Asher Uval And Kaddish Tiskabel said at the end of Davening, normally we would assume that you say Kaddish Tiskabel after Shman Esrei. The fact that we include Kriyas HaTorah on Mondays and Thursdays within the concept of Shmon Esrei and say Kaddish Tiskabel afterwards, might also imply that there's a kiyum of shach, a kiyum of tefillah where to read the Torah within the context of tefillah. But the Rav is quoted by Rav Shechti there saying, barur, but it's obvious that if they did not read the Torah in the morning, on Mondays and Thursdays, that you can certainly read it afterwards. And he argues because all day you can read the Torah, the Mishnah in Megillah says all the all things that are mitzvah bayom, mitzvah sim kolayom. Anything that can be done by daytime can be done all day. I don't even know why you think the Kriyas Torah is a halach in the daytime. 
if you learn that Monday and Thursday the Allah, it's Allah that you should not go three days without Torah, I don't even know why you can't read at night. But the Rav said, it's a davash mitzvah sabayam, it's something that's done in the daytime, and therefore it's kasha bayam. And Rav Shechter also records the personal custom of the Rav. This custom we find in other sources as well, that they came to situations where they did not have an opportunity to hear Kriya Torah in the morning, they heard Kriya Torah in the afternoon. The Mahari Asad has a tshuva in Arachayim, Simon Nun Aleph, where he tells a story that he was at a rabbinic conference with Gaone Olam, with Gedole Hador, and Monday morning they did not have a Sefer Torah, they did not hear Kriya Torah. In the afternoon, they came to a community which had a Sefer Torah. They assembled a minion and they read the parsha, Bitfilas Mincha. They read it at Mincha between Ashrei and Shmonesrei, in order to keep the Takan of Ezra not to go three days. And Rav Shechter records that many times the Rav, I, I personally was there a number of these times, that the Rav used to come to Yeshiva on Monday. He used to say Shir on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he used to come to Shir on Monday. And because he traveled on Monday, he didn't always have an opportunity to hear Kriyas Torah in the morning. So he used to come to Yeshiva, and he used to ask the fellows to arrange a minion of people who hadn't heard Kriyas Torah. If I remember correctly, he insisted upon ten people that had not heard Kriyas Torah. He was not willing to, to settle for a Chatzim minion or, or a Rov minion. He wanted a minion of people who had not heard Kriyas Torah, if my memory serves me right. And Baruch Hashem in Yeshiva University in the afternoon, you could at least find ten people who had not heard Kriya Torah in the morning. He used to do a make a minion, but he did the same as I said in the Maria Sat. He used to say Ashrei, Chatzik Kaddish, Kriya Torah, and Chatzik Kaddish again, and then he daven Mincha. So apparently, he did feel that you could read the Torah all day, but he preferred at least that it should be within the context of tefillah, so to fulfill what he said before, that the Ramam thinks that Kriyas Torah is part of tefillah, so therefore, he did like we generally do on Shabbos. You read the Torah in between Ashrei and Shmonesrei. So, to summarize, we've seen that to read the Torah Monday and Thursday is a takana from either Moshe, Yoshua, or Ezra, or his Bezdin somehow, or Moshe's Bezdin, the three aliyahs are definitely a takana of Ezra. The concept of Kriyasa Torah is Talmud Torah de Rabbim. And therefore, against the Magan Avram, most people thought that women are exempt from Kriyasa Torah. If you do not hear Kriyasa Torah on Monday and Thursday, most Achronim somehow feel that you cannot hear Kriyasa Torah on Tuesday. And we just lost that Kiyom that week. However, if you slip, live missed Kriyasa Torah Monday or Thursday in the morning, they felt that you could read the Torah in the afternoon and fulfill the Takana of Ezra or Moshe, even though you did not do it in the morning. You have been listening to HaRav Binyamin Tabori, the weekly mitzvah. For today's Halacha Yomit, I'd like to continue in Berkot uh, Kriyat I mentioned yesterday that there is a question whether or not one can be mafsik, an interruption is permitted between Berkot Kriyat and Kriyat specifically between the second bracha of Kriyat Avat Olam, 
or Avarabah, and uh, and Kriyatshma. There are in the Rishonim three she taught three opinions about this matter. There is an opinion quoted in the name of the Gaonim, which says that after the Bachav Bocher Vamo Yisrael Beava and Ohe Vamo Yisrael in Arvit, one should answer to oneself Amen. In other words, Bocher Vamo Yisrael Beava Amen. This opinion is actually irrelevant to our question because even if you answer Amen to your own Bacha, it doesn't mean you can answer Amen to someone else's Bacha. This opinion says that this is the way the Bacha should be. It should include the word Amen in the Bacha itself. We know that there is at least one Bacha which everybody answers Amen to, to himself. That's the Bacha in Bekat Amazon, a Bocher Bamo Yisrael. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bacha of Bonei Yerushalayim Barachamim. Amen. And apparently the Girsa of the Gaonim in the Gemara was that there are three Bachot to which one answers Amen to one's own Bacha, uh, the Bacha of Bonei Yerushalayim in Bekat Amazon, and the Bacha before Kriyat Shema, both in the morning and in Avit. This opinion is rejected by the Rishonim. It, it appears on the face of it to be, to be really unusual, because the reason that Rishonim give as to when one does answer Amen to one's own Bacha is when one is finishing, finishing a, certain, a certain topic or a certain unit. Uh, which is why, for instance, Svadim, according to the Psaq of the Shulchan Aruch, answer Amen to the Bekah of Yishtabach, which is the end of Tzukei Zimah. And Bonei Yerushalayim in Bekat Amazon is the end of Bekat Amazon Midiraita, before they added the extra Bekah of Atov HaMitiv. But the Bekah of Kriyat Shema, on the contrary, it's in the middle of at least the Bekah of Kriyat Shema. So this is one opinion. There are two other, there are two other opinions, Machlokot Bishonim, as to whether or not the question evolved as to whether one should say Kel Melech Ne'eman. There was an ancient minute of saying Kel Melech Ne'eman before one begins Kriyat Shema. And the Ramban and some other Rishonim opposed the Minhag because they said it was a Hefsek. You're not allowed to be Mavsek between Bekat Avaraba and Shema. The Ramban gave the reason because he said Bekat Avaraba is a Bekat HaMitzvah for Shema Yisrael. Just like before every mitzvah, you have a berkat mitzvah which normally has the language of a So here, although the language is completely different, it's a long bracha. It doesn't have the words of shekelishanu mitzvotavetzivanu. Nonetheless, berkat avarabai is a berkat mitzvah for kriyat shema, and between a berkat mitzvah and a mitzvah, there's a very strong requirement that will not have any hefsek. If one speaks between uh, the bracha of the uh, Shmoah called Shofar and Shofar, so you lose the Bacha, you have to say the Bacha again. And the answer of other Rishonim, the Mi'iri wrote an entire, he wrote a whole book about the Minhagim of the Talmidei HaRamban who came to Provence that were different from the Provence, uh, Provencali Minhagim, and one of them was this. The Mi'iri argues that it's not a Bekat HaMitzvah. Bekat Kriyat Shema, or Bekat Kriyat Shema, the Bechot, they don't bear the relationship to Kriyat Shema, that a Bekat mitzvah bears to a mitzvah. And the main reason, the first most obvious reason for claiming this is that it doesn't look like a Bekat mitzvah. It doesn't have the right language. It doesn't have the right um, uh, terms which would uh, uniquely identify every Bekat mitzvah when, it take, when, they take, when they take place. Now it's conceivable that the Ramban didn't mean exactly Bekat mitzvah. The Vashpah, for instance, who agrees with Ramban doesn't use the terminology. He simply says the Bekha goes on. It refers to Kriyachma. We call them Berkot Kriyat Shema. It could be that it's not a Berkat HaMitzvah. But nonetheless, there's a unit here, and the Berkot Kriyat Shema relate to Kriyat Shema. Relationship is a weaker term. And different kinds of relationships 
have more or less sensitivity to hefsek. Between a bakata mitzvah and a mitzvah, there's a very strong requirement not to be mafsek. It's conceivable that uh, under other conditions, uh, you're supposed to do it all together, but for different reasons, you could be you could be mafsek. For instance, within Kriyat Shema itself, so you're allowed to answer Kedusha, if you hear Kedusha from the Chazan. Uh, whereas between a Baracha, Bekata Mitzvah and a Mitzvah, you would not be allowed. So the Rashba says that Bekot Kriyat Shema go on Kriyat Shema. The opinion that allows a Hefzik here for any purpose, Kel Melech Naman is, is merely a Minhag, it has no, has no uh, halachic mandatory value, would say that Bekot Kriyat Shema do not really relate to Kriyat Shema at all. They're, they're merely before and after. But there's no need to form in, to form them into one single one single unit. So there really are three possibilities here. That's relating to saying Kelmelech Neman. There are two Piskei uh, about this. There's a well-known compromise that you should not say it B'tzibur, but you could say it B'yichidut. The reason being because one of the reasons given for saying Kelmelech Neman is to have three extra words in order to reach 248 words in Kriyashma, since Kriyashma only has 245, and 248 is is the number of the uh, uh, organs in a human body. And since B'tzibur, the Chazan repeats the words, Hashem Elokechem Emet, so you don't have to say Kelmelech Neman. So you can sort of avoid the problem of Hefzik under those conditions. But there are two, there are basically two Menhagim, two and two Peskei Halacha. Uh, what does that have to do with a different topic of answering Amen to the Chazin's Bracha? It's not exactly the same thing. It's conceivable. And Ramban says you should not be mafsik by saying Kelmelech Ne'eman. But saying Amen, since the Amen is not a different a different topic, it doesn't have a different content. Amen is on the same Bracha you just made. Perhaps Amen to the Chazin's Bracha would not be a hefsek between your Bracha and Shema. On the other hand, it's it's Nonetheless, uh, you're saying something. As I, as I said, if the Ramban is based on Birkata Mitzvah and Mitzvah, then the sensitivity to Hefzik is very, very great, and answering Amen, even to the same topic, the same content, I'm saying Amen to Abu Ba'ava, nonetheless, could very well be, could very well be a Hefzik. Halach Lemaisa, there's a machloket, there's a, contr- a, a dispute about this, about this matter. Um, and the, the Beit Yosef already suggests that one should try to avoid the problem, which is done by saying the bracha together with the chazan, so that you finish at the same time. And since one is not allowed to answer amen to one's own bracha, even when you say bracha together with somebody else, since you can't answer to your own bracha, you're not allowed to say amen, even though you also heard someone else's bracha. This is the suggestion of the Beit Yosef. It's not widely done. I'm not sure why. Many people do do it, but I know a lot of people do not do it. It surely avoids the problem. And since there is a machloket here, on one hand, you're supposed to answer amen to bachot. On the other hand, perhaps this amen you should not say. It surely seems to be a very uh, sage suggestion. To add also, in there are Kabbalistic reasons in Yavi, based on, it goes back to a, a Zohar, why you shouldn't be matched between this bachot and shema. Not because of Bekat HaMitzvah, but for other reasons which I don't necessarily understand. So that's a, that's a further reason, perhaps not to actually do it, to, to not answer main, but to avoid the problem by saying, by saying the Bechah together. The first Bechah of Kriyat Shema is surely not a Bekat HaMitzvah. The Beit Yosef nonetheless says that the Minag is not to answer main to any Bechah. So that goes in more with the direction that I mentioned, name of the Rashba. Not that it's Bekat HaMitzvah, but the Bechot as a whole connect to Kriyat Shema, and a main would be a Hefzik. And a man would be a hefsek. On the other hand, you can argue a man is not a hefsek. 
So the Beit Yosef doesn't say it's right. He says the minig is not to say amen even for the first bracha, even for yotzer or. That is a minig that I've never actually seen. Uh, even the people should answer uh, the, should say the bracha together with the chazan to avoid having to say amen. I've never actually seen. But for the second bracha, it is a uh, well-known minhag. It's recommended by the Mishnah as well to avoid the problem by answer, by saying the bracha together with the chazan and therefore not having to say amen. If you didn't do that and then you hear the bracha from the chazan, so I repeat, it's a dispute. Uh, many or some some Mishnah say you should not say amen even though you actually heard the bracha, and some say you should. Uh, there are two possibilities. That's it for today. Tomorrow's shir in will be in Pashat HaShavuah. will be given by Harav uh, Yitzchak Blau. Until then, this is called to from Gush Etzion, Kim Etzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.